0: Most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The first reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 3. It serves as the basis for the sermon today. The Lord called Moses to serve, touching him on the inside with God's great reputation. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. I have heard them crying and because of their great slave drivers and am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name, my reputation forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. The word of the Lord. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That was the theme of Jesus' first sermon. The Bible writer tells us that God does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Repentance. A theme not just for Lent, but for life. Okay, pastor, I've heard it before. Oh, hum, repentance, reshmentance. Why talk to us about some dusty doctrine that we've heard and know before? Why not talk to us about something relevant? Talk to us and tell us about how we can improve social justice or personal relationships. Tell us about personal safety or Or financial security? Repentance? But keep in mind that Martin Luther wrote in his first of the 95 theses, On our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent. He called on the entire life of the believer, the entire life of the believer to be one of Repentance. In other words, if you are not in a constant state of repentance, you cannot be a child of God. But before you get a little nervous, worrying about doing all this repenting, keep in mind that repentance is not so much something we do, but something God does to us. Repentance is directly related to the way in which God puts his reputation on us. The amazing thing is, when God puts his reputation on people, changes take place. Changes in our attitude and in our actions. That's what happened for a dude named Moses, as you heard from the first reading in the book of Exodus in chapter 3. And that's what happens to us. The Lord's... Reputation ignites repentance. Can you see Moses cruising along out in the wilderness, taking care of his sheep, and all of a sudden, pooh, a shrub is on fire. We wouldn't blame him a bit for being a little curious. I will go over and see this strange sight. Why, the bush does not burn up. Didn't take him long to figure out what was going on. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. What do you think God was teaching Moses by appearing at this flaming shrub? God was saying, Moses, You are going to be my man to lead my people, the Israelites, out of slavery in Egypt. But before you get started, you probably want to know who I am and how I operate. So get this. Listen up. I am holy and powerful, and I will not tolerate tolerate any rebellion or disobedience at all. So when you go to Egypt and tell the Israelites, God is sending me to you, And they ask you, well, who is this God? What is he like? Then tell them, the Lord your God is a consuming fire. Here at the flaming shrub, the Lord was revealing the holy part of his reputation, which demands holiness of everyone and everything that comes near him. Most of you know that Moses grew up in Egypt but he left under ugly circumstances. He's now out in the wilderness taking care of sheep under a sort of self-made witness protection program because he had a murder rap hanging over his head. And Moses was well aware that God was deeply displeased with that crime. More than that, Moses knew that God was really ripped off, that he had the unmitigated gall to try to take matters into his own hands. So Moses is thinking... Maybe out here in the boonies, the Egyptian FBI won't find me and God won't either. All of a sudden, at this shrub, the Lord reveals his flaming holy reputation. The Lord reveals his flaming holiness. All Moses could do is gasp, straighten up, and stand back in awe. Awe because... This is, this is God Almighty, the God who could suspend the laws of nature and prevent a shrub that's on fire from burning up who's speaking to him. Stand back in awe because the God speaking to him could torch him in just a second. Stand back in awe because now Moses <laughs> had thrown right in his face and realized his own sinfulness. All he could do was say, who, who am I, and hide his face. The Lord's reputation for flaming holiness ignited the first part of repentance inside of Moses. A change of attitude. No longer would Moses be taking his sin as a casual thing. No longer would he think it's just a, a slight little boo-boo here or there. No longer would he brush away his sin like so many fuzzies on the shoulders of his robe. Oh no. The Lord's flaming Reputation, his reputation for flaming holiness ignited the first part of repentance in Moses' heart. And he he was afraid. He felt felt like a guilty criminal in front of God, a guilty criminal being investigated by Dwayne Pride or Leroy Gibbs. With with just a with just a flick of his finger, or a wisp of his breath, or just a word from his mouth, God could send us hurtling into torment and torture, in an abyss of torment and torture that never ends. Why why would God even think about doing that? Well, do you think he's changed his standards over the centuries? Do you think God has expectations of us? Any different from the expectations he had for Moses? Moses? When you get home from worship today, God may not flame up a shrub in front of your house or your, imp- your apartment, and he may not holler from the heavens, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. But he does expect us to be completely holy. Anything less really rips him off. Even one little sin can kindle his flaming side of his reputation, and he has a reputation for using it with Moses. With Moses, we hide our faces in shame because we are sinful and unclean and have sinned against God. The flaming holiness of God reminds us, with a change on the inside, that we cannot take our sin lightly. We can't blow it off as something insignificant or unimportant. The Lord's reputation for flaming holiness ignites the first part of repentance in our hearts. It staggers us. It makes us shiver in fear and stand back in awe. But God wasn't done with Moses, he had more to say. I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them. Wow, imagine that. Go to the Israelites and tell them, I have come to rescue them. When you go to the Israelites and say, God sent me to you, and they're going to ask, well, who is this God? What's he like? What's his reputation? How does he operate? Then tell them, I am who I am. Tell the the Israelites, I am sent me to you. When God says, I am who I am, that means he is who he says he is, and he can do whatever he wants to do. And whatever he wants to do, he does all the time. And what he wants to do more than anything else is to do something about the sick and sad situations sinners find themselves in. So he said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name, my reputation forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. God was telling Moses, when you get to the Israelites, tell them, yes, the holy side of my reputation, but also tell them this other side of my reputation, that I will do for them what I did for their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will forgive them. Here at the Flaming Shrub, God was revealing another side of his reputation. His free and faithful love. Can't you just see the grin forming on Moses' face? Can't you just see the smiles on the faces of the Israelites when they heard that good news? God is coming to redeem and rescue. He comes to pardon and preserve. He comes to forgive and forget. The Lord's reputation for faithful love ignited the second part of repentance in Moses' heart, a change in his attitude. And all he wanted to do is stay, stay firm, stay close to his Lord, and stay firm in that love. Why did I make the sign of the cross at the beginning of worship when announcing God's reputation as three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Why do you think I made the sign of the cross when I announced forgiveness to you? Why will I make the sign of the cross when announcing the words of institution for the Lord's Supper? Or make the sign of the cross at the close of service with the blessing? Why is the cross, the processional cross, here next to the pulpit? Why is there another cross in the center of the altar? It's because the cross is where it's at. It's where God comes to rescue and redeem. It's the place where we know that sinful, unworthy piles of dirt like us get to live with the Holy God. It's where He pardons and preserves. It's where we know that He forgives and forgets. Don't, don't you just want to cling to that good news and never let it go? Don't you just want to hold on to that good news of what Jesus did at the cross as more precious than any gem or jewel or gift or heirloom that you've ever received? The Lord's reputation for faithful love ignites the second part of repentance in our, par- in our hearts. And we only want to stay firm in that love. A baby in a basket floating among the reeds of the Nile River is the one about whom God said, this is the one who will lead my people out of slavery in Egypt. But first, but first he needs training in military tactics and leadership in the home of the king of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh. But when Moses decided to take things in his own hands, then God said, "Well, now you need training in humility and patience. 40 years went by. Now the time had come. God said to Moses, "Now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Although most of you know how this story unfolds that Moses started making some excuses, I find it interesting. I hope you do too. His very first reaction, Here I am. The Lord's reputation had changed him on the inside, had ignited repentance in his heart, and Moses now called to serve, was ready to step up for service. The Lord's reputation Changes us on the inside. The Lord's reputation ignites repentance inside of us. And when it changes us on the inside, our attitude, then there will be a change of actions that will naturally follow. If God wanted, he could drop food and money out of heaven in order to take care of our needs. But he doesn't. Instead, he gives us the opportunity to show our love to him and to others around us by supporting them with honest labor. If he wanted, God could risk, whisk a little baby right out of the mother's arms and immediately transform that child into a mature adult. But he doesn't. Instead, he entrusts children to parents. So they have the opportunity to raise them to spiritual maturity. If he wanted, God could use angels to announce his mercy on all sinners through Jesus Christ. But he doesn't. He has chosen to use us and give us the opportunity To share the message of heaven's open doors. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Barak, Gideon, Jephthah, Samson, David, Samuel. Sixteen names in a list. You know where that list comes from? It's from the letter to the Hebrews. Chapter 11. Sometimes known as the Hall of Faith. People who had been touched on the inside by God's reputation and who lived it on the outside. When the Lord's reputation for flaming holiness uncovers your sense of unworthiness and guilt And when the Lord's reputation for faithful love fills you with joy and a desire to serve, then your name is added to that list. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.